Ace Podcast. Welcome to Wisecracks Radio Hour. Our story begins in the fall of 2017. Doctors Charles Lindsay and Wagner Rourke were working on an experiment in their subatomic quantum laboratory late one night as a powerful storm rolled through their town. A bolt of lightning struck their lab and caused an accident that sent them back in time to the year 1947. They awoke to find themselves in a recording studio housed in a radio station, the same building that would one day be their scientific laboratory. The station manager found them and mistakenly thought that they were the janitorial crew, putting them to work immediately. The doctors didn't argue and soon had enough money to rent a small apartment. Let's join them now at the radio station and see how they're getting along. Careful with that soldering iron, Chuck. If we mess up that tube socket that holds the young, we're going to be snow blind in a blizzard of trouble. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, I've been doing this for many years now. Well, as soon as we get that board hooked up, we're halfway home. Well, there it is. All done. We'll just have to let that settle for a bit. Uh, you sure you got the window sealed good enough? Yeah, that ought to do it. Now all we need is the generative speculation notation chip. I've ordered a microphone for the upstairs, which reminds me I sure do miss Amazon Prime. As soon as that arrives, I'll remove the chip and bring it down here to Studio 6. We're really doing it, man. We're, we're getting ready to head home. Yes, we are. But until then... We got more tapes to duplicate. Well, here's the next one. Cue it up. Edward G. Robinson. Hey, didn't he play for the Dodgers? Maybe. Suspense. Tonight, the man who thought he was Edward G. Robinson. A suspense play produced, edited, and directed by William Spear. Old man Spears boy. Billy did good. Suspense. Edward G. Robinson has both himself and as a certain Mr. Homer J. Hubbard, a man who thought he was Edward G. Robinson, in this remarkable tale of... Suspense! All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm making this statement in accordance with a promise to a very dear friend. It is a complete statement in every detail, even including those matters which are to me personally incriminating. Because my trust in my friend is such that I haven't the slightest concern on that score, or any other. What follows concerns primarily two persons. Myself, Homer J. Hubbard. Oh, Ron's and brother. my wife, Ada Sampsey Hubbard. Even when I was courting Ada, I was aware that hers was a strong and domineering person. Oh, he likes them strong. And after we were married, well... At first, I put up with Ada's constant nagging and petty persecutions as best I could. Ooh, she sounds peachy. I put up with them for five long years. It wasn't until a memorable evening in 1930 that the first dim outlines of an escape and finally a plan began to take shape in my mind. Ada and I had gone to the movies to see a picture called Little Caesar. Pizza, pizza. pizza. With an actor in it whom I had never heard of before. Brad Pitt. Oh, so you thought you'd rat on me, huh? Well, get this. Nobody rats on Little Caesar. Pizza King of Chicago. Whoa, he is serious about his toppings. And his Tommy gun out. The moment I saw that face on the screen, 
The minute I heard that voice, the world of reality around me simply ceased to exist. I had to order a large pepperoni. I was Edward G. Robinson. I was dimly conscious that my voice was like his, that even my face without my spectacles and with my hair parted differently might have been mistaken for his. But it was more than that. See, I had his umbrella also. That fascinated me and that I assumed. Calm, assured, tough. The kind of a man who... She didn't like the tough guys. ...wanted done the way he wanted it done. Walking out of the movie theater, I knew something had happened that was going to change my whole life. I decided to join the Jelly of the Month Club. Little Caesar, they call him, and well, they may. Uh, what's his name? Edwin G. Robertson? No, 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 Edward G. Robertson. Oh. Uh, word, not when. Edward. He's no Casper Milk Toast. Casper the Friendly Milk Toast. Is that all you have to say? Yes, dear. What does it take to arouse a little enthusiasm in you anyway? Skittles. Here you've seen a fine performance, a picture that would get anybody in the world excited. Yeah. And all you can say is, yes, dear. Yes, dear. Oh, I wish you were half the man that Robertson is. Well, I wish you were a woman, period. Yes, but from that moment, I no longer really cared what Ada wished or thought. I had begun my escape into a dream world of my own making. A world in which I was Edward G. Robinson. Ah, stalker. As the weeks went by, I began to identify myself with him more and more. I imagined myself in countless dangerous situations. Like texting and when driving. I, looking, I imitated him and affected his mannerisms. I would start daydreaming at my desk, wondering what the other people in the office would think if I suddenly exposed this hidden side of my personality. Good Homer's losing it. Mad. 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 Okay, okay, everybody. Now, stay where you are. Hold your hands over your head. I don't want any monkey business, see? Yeah, just standard business. Hubbard, this is preposterous. What do you mean by such behavior? This is your idea. Nah, that's funny stuff. It's a joke or not, if you make one false move. That's a gun. This isn't a water pistol I'm holding here, you know. It's an iPhone. Leave this office immediately. Oh, oh, don't make me laugh. I'm getting out all right, but I'm not fired, see? I'm even well-heeled, and that's why you come in, Mr. Ryan. Please, please, Hubbard. No, 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 be reasonable. Shut up and do what I tell you. Keep your hands up in the air and walk over to that safe. If I can walk that way, I wouldn't need a doctor. Put it right here on the desk in front of me. I guess gone. All right, all right. I don't want to have any trouble with you, Ryan. I'm going to count three, and if you're not moving when I finish, you'll never move again. Hubbard. See? Hubbard. One, two, Hubbard. two and a half. Hubbard! Huh? Hubbard. What are you daydreaming about? You better get busy, or I shall be forced to report you to Mr. Pemberton not again. Pemberton? Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Ryan. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I can't understand why it could have come over me. Too much coffee. <laughs> no doubt. Well, that's the way it went. At the office, walking down the street, riding home on the bus. Dancing down to Big Wally's. Awkwardly, calm, and well-ordered. Possibly even dull. It was actually 24 hours of harrowing adventure with myself as the central figure. I saw every Edward G. Robinson picture that came out. Both of them. It was the day after seeing Brother Orchid for the... Third time that Ada finally caught me. She caught me downloading The Bachelor. Talking to myself. Okay, okay, all right, you ask for it. If you don't come out, we're coming in and get you, see? Now we're coming in shooting. What's that? Spam. Oh, yeah? And only a dirty yellow rat would say that. Okay, boys, let them have it. Well, of all the fool performances I ever heard of, this beats all. What the world are you jabbering about in here? Uh, just working on my lines. Oh, it, uh, well, it's really... <laughs> Really nothing, dear. I, I, I was just sort of trying to imitate Edward G. Robinson. You were what? Yes, I was. Edward G. Robinson? Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's rich. Oh, no, I can't believe it. Well, I was. You were trying to imitate Edward G. Robinson. Yeah, you should see me do Mick Jagger. Brown sugar. Oh, no. 
Yes? Don't let me interrupt the performance, Mr. Movie Star. Oh, don't laugh. Come that. on. <laughs> do your act for me. She's horrible, man. Funny about it. Maybe you don't, but you're the only person in the world who wouldn't. Well, I'll leave you to your rehearsing. But why don't you imitate Donald Meek or Shirley Temple? I think you'd find it easier. Okay. On the good ship. Lonely. Right then. But I decided to kill her. And by kill her, I mean make her die to death. I might have decided to have mercy on her if she'd only let me alone. But Ada could never leave anyone alone. She's quite the stalker. She ridiculed me at home and in front of our friends. Sometimes she would let a few weeks go by without saying anything, and I would think that perhaps she had forgotten. And one time she put a fish in my shoe. She would wait until we were in a group of people, and then she would come out with it. Why, my dear, you mean I haven't told you about Homer's dream world? He thinks he's Edward G. Robinson. And she's the Wicked Witch. (laughs) Tell us, Mr. Homer G. Robinson, when do you think you'll be getting your next contract from Homer? Well, actually, I got a call back yesterday. Folks have got Homer all wrong. He's a killer at heart. <laughs> Just a cold-blooded killer. Oh, yeah. He's going to kill her <laughs> to death. I, uh, I, I, I want to buy a gun. Sure, bud. What kind of a gun? Uh, the kind that kills my oh, wife well, to death. Uh, uh, I don't know much about guns, but uh, that one looks all right. Yeah, that's a nice little gun. Twenty-eight fifty. Caliber? Do I uh, have to have a license? Not unless you're going to carry it on your person. Oh, I don't want my person to see it. For the police records under your name. What's the name? Um, Edward G. Robinson. Huh? You hide me, Mug. Edward G. Robinson. Huh? Now, don't make me butter your necktie, see? Oh, I had made my plans very carefully. My plan was that her murder would look like suicide. It would be a night her murder? The moon was full so that I could see her head on the pillow and aim carefully. She only sleeps when it's a full moon. Like my fingerprints from the handle of the gun, then push it into her hand. Then, as the shocked and bereaved husband, I would call Dr. Wallace. And Gromit? The police wouldn't come until later, and when they did, I would be ready for them. With donuts. I was so busy laying my plans that I hadn't been reading the papers and had to be told the big news. A homer? Oh, I beg your pardon, Mr. Robinson. <laughs> Would you mind passing the spinach? That is, if you're not too preoccupied in planning your next murder. <laughs> well, actually... Yeah, you uh, held up any banks lately, Homer? <laughs> oh, no, that's next week. Uh, here, here, here you are, dear. <laughs> oh, say, say, that reminds yeah, me. Well, All kidding to one side, as yeah. the fellow said. <laughs> Did you know that he's going to be here in town next week? Who? What? Edward G. Robinson. He's huh? going to address the hobbyist convention. Is that like That's the comic so. kind? Yeah. My, my, I'd like to hear him. Or be him. I'd like to see what a real He-Man is like. He-Man, master, master of the universe. We went. And at first, it was the most terrible disappointment of my life. Because he wasn't tough or hard-boiled or... He was over-easy. He seemed to be a mild-mannered man, a little shy. Very hipster. Almost like me. And he talked about orchids and modern art. 
exactly were his hobbies, he said, uh, raising orchids and collecting paintings, modern paintings. Droppers. But as the lecture went on, I began to understand, and by the time it was over, I knew. Total hipster. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I consider myself twice blessed. Once bitten, twice blessed. But I am among the fortunate few who has two hobbies. And, as the fellow said, whose fiancé had a twin sister... Twisted sister. (laughs) Oh, I see you uh, already know it. (laughs) I love them both. (laughs) Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. Tip your waitress, would you? Later that evening, I made an excuse to get away from Ada and went down to the hotel where I knew Mr. Robinson was staying. I bribed the bellboy, a dollar seventy-five... Big spender... I went down the hall and knocked at the... Housekeeping. Yeah? Uh, Western Union. Uh, come on in. Uh, just put it on the... Well, say, Western Union dresses their boys up pretty snappy in this town, don't they? I am a big deal. I apologize deal. for adopting the subterfuge, Mr. Robinson, but I have something of the utmost importance to discuss with you, and I was afraid you might not see me since we had never been formally introduced. <laughs> Formally introduced. <laughs> Why, that's all right. Uh, what is it, uh, autograph? Oh, I saw uh, them open for heart. I'm afraid it's uh, something a good deal more serious than that, Mr. Robinson. Wife murder. Yeah? Well, you caught me right in the middle of shaving, as you see, but if you don't mind my finishing the job while you talk... Oh, uh, come right along inside. Tell me all about it. Thank you. Uh, it all started when I decided to kill my wife to death. Yeah. Well, now, uh, what's on your mind? Well, Mr. Robinson, I have a problem. I... I followed your career since its earliest fame, and that is why I feel that you'll be able to tell me what to do. Uh-huh. Well, uh, what is the problem? Well, uh, Mr. Robinson, uh, I suppose uh, this is uh, purely hypothetical, of course, but suppose you were going to kill somebody. Kill somebody? To death? Yes, yes, in your own home. Somebody who is, uh, shall we say, uh, related to you. Yeah, now, hold on a Mr. Robinson. Hubbard. Homer J. Hubbard. Uh, Mr. Hubbard. Well, I may look like a bad guy on the screen, but when I'm not working, I'm just a plain piece of even living citizen, just like anybody else. Hippie. <laughs> oh, oh. You, you, you can fool people like that audience tonight with all that talk about orchids and modern art. And <laughs> It was very good, and I quite understand why you do it. A man in your position must have a front, of course. Uh, <laughs> yes, but you, <laughs> you, you didn't fool me. <laughs> I know. Rather, I knew that I could come to you and, and, and be perfectly frank. Uh, don't call me what Frank. About, why, uh, about the murder. About the what? Red Rom. Red Rom. Look at me, Mr. Robinson. I'm a shy, inhibited, weak, utterly ineffectual person. I'm kind of a small I'm not deal. Your assurance, your hardness, your ability to cope with any situation the direct, the ruthless way. Hmm. How many times I wished I had. Because for 20 years, my life has been made horribly, unbearably miserable by one person. Barney the Dinosaur. My wife. Oh, so that's the way it is. Yes. Yes, for years I bore it as best I could. He even tried vaping. And then one day I thought, how would you have coped with it? And of course I knew at once, you would kill her. Yeah, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Say, are you kidding me? Oh, no, no, Mr. Robinson, I wouldn't think of such a thing. Murder, uh, yes, sure, but kidding? I secured a, a gun to do it with. Yeah, uh, uh, you better give me that. No, 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 don't, don't point it. Hand it to me by the barrel. Now, uh, we'll put it over here. Safer, you know. Yes, I, I must admit, I, 
I know very little about firearms, and they're quite distasteful. Yeah, except for that one. I call that one my love gun. I mean, uh, love gun! Like of course, a Tommy gun, that's different. That's the only thing to use. Yeah. Yes, I suppose you're right. Can I borrow yours? I, I didn't know where to get a Tommy gun. And I was afraid even if I Tommy did, sells them. Master the art of using it. Yes, well, now you want to kill your wife, is that it? You want me to help you? Yes, to death. Mr. Robinson, if you could, if you could spare the time, I can't tell you how grateful I'd be. Though I could get you some skittles. Well, you know, Mr. Hubbard, you look like a pretty nice little guy. Your wife must really be an old battle axe to have got you in a frame of mind like this. Yes. All right, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will help you. Oh, Mr. Robinson. Go, go, go yes, you. but it's got to be done my way, see? It's got to be done right. You've got to plan these things. Now, uh, take this gat, for instance. That's no kind of a rot to kill your wife with. Why, the uh, uh, caliber is all wrong. The ballistics would be all wrong. The dicks would be on your tail just like what? that. What? What'd he say? <laughs> what year is this? It's perfect for this job. Get me? I've knocked off Humphrey Bogart, Orson Welles, Jimmy Cagney. Yeah, he's oh, killed some big people. With it. Now, the first thing when I get home, I'll send it to you. Parcel post. Would you, Mr. Robinson? Oh, sure, sure. Now, when you get it, you just lay low, see? Now, don't do a thing till you hear from me. I'll lay this thing out with some of my boys, and then I'll get in touch with you. Okay? Oh, Mr. Robinson, I don't know how to thank it. Oh, forget it, pal. Forget yeah, forget it. about it. Murder between friends. You see, murder. I could scarcely maintain my composure in the two days that followed. The second day, sure enough, the gun arrived. The naked gun. It was a great, heavy thing. The, the kind that is referred to, I think, uh, let me, as an automatic. Yes, that's it. Though I prefer Remember manual. history, I... Handled it with the utmost care and reverence. I hid it in the garage where I keep my pipe. That Ada won't let me smoke. It was the next afternoon, a Saturday, that the phone rang. I must be Jenny. To answer it and close the door after me so Ada wouldn't hear in case it was. Hello, uh, Homer? Hello. Well, this is Eddie. Eddie? Monster? Yeah, yeah, Eddie Robinson. Oh, yes, Mr. Uh, uh, Eddie. Mr. Uh, Ed. Did you get the package I sent you? Yes, I got it. Okay, now, but uh, don't fool around with it, see? Until the time comes, it's kind of tricky. It's oh, tricky to rock a rhyme. Uh, we're going to do this. The sooner the better. The deadline's tomorrow. Uh, he night. must be Russian. You go to bed just the same as you always do, but have that gat handy and leave the front door open. Oh, say, I meant to ask you, is it, uh, is it safe to talk where you are? Uh, define safe. The phone's in the bedroom and the door is closed. Oh, the bedroom, eh? Well, that's swell. Now, oh, listen, well, put now, some ice on it. The swelling will go away, down. see? She's asleep, of course. Now, you take a spot just outside the bedroom door where you can keep an eye on her and on the front door, too, see? Yes. At midnight, I'll contact you. We'll do the job and make a quick getaway, and you can hole up in the hideout I got until the heat's off. Get it? Tomorrow night. Midnight. Got it. Ten o'clock. I'll do everything just as you say, uh, Eddie. I followed his instructions to the letter. Step one, kill wife. Hmm. Well, it seemed hours before Ada went to sleep that night. It seemed days until my watch finally crept around towards midnight. But at last, the time had come. I crept out of bed, got the gun out of my coat pocket, and took my position on the landing outside the bedroom door, as he had told me to. And then suddenly, the stillness was shattered by the ringing of the phone. Oh, I... I was in utter panic. Like a frightened cow. unforeseen things that can ruin even the best of plans. Even plans made by Edward G. Robinson. I rushed back into the bedroom, hoping against hope that I could catch it before Ada woke up. But she already had the light on. Hey. Hmm? What in the world are 
you doing prowling around at this time of night? Uh, just murder, I, I, dear. I, I, I thought I heard a burglar. Burglar? Yes. And I've answered this phone. I want to talk to you, Homer Jeremiah. Uh-oh, he's in trouble. Yeah? What? Oh. Uh, someone named Jenny is returning your call, yes, honey. Mm-hmm. Someone just saw him trying to get into the house. Uh, are you sure? Of course I am. Somebody just phoned that they saw him. Well, don't stand there. You've got a gun. Go down there and stop him. Oh, but Ada... Go on. You want us to be killed in our beds? Go on, I say. Oh, Ada, why do you have to spoil everything? Party pooper. Debbie Downer. Fun sucker. Wah, 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 wah. She pushed me out. There was nothing to do but go. I crept down the stairs in the darkness. I knew what Edward G. Robinson would have done. He would have gone down and captured the burglar without the slightest trouble and turned him over to the police after giving him the beating he deserved. This is like the Matrix. I feel much like Edward G. Robinson just then. It was at that moment that the terrible thought occurred to me that maybe it wasn't the burglar. Maybe this was Edward G. Robinson. I had no time to pursue the thought further. The bachelor was coming on. Suddenly, suddenly there was a barrage of shots and a confused yelling of voices. In my terror, I suppose I must have squeezed the trigger of my own gun because it began jumping and flaming in my hand. Something's wrong with that gun. Something, and the next thing I knew, I was tumbling headlong down the stairs. So... And that was the last I remember. That's the end of round two, folks. When I woke up, Ada was holding my head in her arms. Detached from my she body. Was crying. They made me stay in bed for a couple of days, but... I really didn't mind. <laughs> there were reporters to see me and take my picture for the paper and all kinds of people. <clears throat> Even Mr. Ryan and Mr. Pemberton came to see me. And Ada? And Auntie well, M. <laughs> Ada was simply a changed person. Nothing was too good for me. My slightest wish was literally her command. If the whole thing hadn't been an accident, if I planned it that way, it couldn't have turned out better. Except for maybe some free Skittles. And then, as the final climax that afternoon, when the phone rang by my bed. Yes? Oh, oh, yes. Uh, Mr. Uh, Eddie. Oh, the famous Mr. Eddie. You did, eh? Who is it? Uh, quiet. Oh, it was nothing, really. Uh, yeah, well, about that, things have changed. Uh, quiet. Now, will you be quiet when I'm talking to somebody else? And make me a sandwich. Excuse me. He just manned up right there. I don't think we'll have to uh, go through with it. That's right. Oh, sure, sure. She's right here. Uh, just a minute. Uh, Eddie wants to talk to you. Uh, uh, Eddie? Yeah, sure. Uh, Eddie Robinson. Uh, quite a pal of mine. You mean Edward G. Robinson? Oh, yes. The Robinson. You, you know. Uh, we had quite a little chat that night. He was in town after I let you. We oh. got pretty chummy. Uh, uh, here. Uh, yes. She's going to talk to you, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Hello. Oh, 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 yes. Yes, Mr. Robinson. Oh, I know he is. Oh, I certainly will, Mr. Robinson. Uh-huh. He's getting oh, sappy know now. I'm lucky. All right, Mr. Robinson. Uh, goodbye. Oh, Homer, he knew all about it. He'd seen it in the papers. The funny papers. And he said you were a hero, a real there hero. There goes my hero. The movie hero that ever was. He did, huh? Oh, Homer. Don't. Well, uh, Eddie Robinson says I'm a hero. I guess maybe I am. <laughs> It couldn't have turned out better, Eddie, and 
You know how grateful I am. I'm a regular little Caesar around town now. My married life is all I've ever wanted it to be. Free pizza. Because there are some things about the whole thing that confuse me a little. It has even occurred to me, I will confess, that you might have had more of a hand in it than was generally known. That the gun you sent me might have contained uh, 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 blanks, I believe you called them, don't you? Uh, because in spite of all the shooting, there wasn't one bullet hole anywhere in the house and the gun had disappeared, which confused the police somewhat, too. And that the burglars might have been some of your boys playing a little joke. You've been parked. Yes, but I, I don't think you would do a thing like that to a pal, Eddie, would you? No, I, I don't even think you would use this statement that you asked me to send you to hold over my head as a guarantee that I wouldn't try to kill Eddie again. Not that I ever would. At least not to death. But even if you did all that, Eddie, I don't really mind. Because as you might say yourself... What's a little joke between pals? <laughs> oh, no. oh, pals. <laughs> They're all chummy now. Pleasant. I guess we should get back to work. All right, next one. We hope you've enjoyed this time with our friends, Charlie and Wagner. What will happen to them in the future? Will they ever get home? Or are they destined for a life of lousy old radio dramas? Wisecracks Radio Hour is written and produced by Aaron Lindsay and Sean Rourke. Dr. Charlie is played by Aaron Lindsay. Dr. Wagner is played by Sean Rourke. Mr. Brumbles is played by Craig Underhill. And I'm your announcer, Lori Lindsay. Please connect with us on social media. Our Twitter handle and Facebook ID is Wisecracks Radio. Our website is wisecracksradio.com. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for another exciting episode.